Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by my course, Rest Assured. If you've been struggling with falling asleep, or staying asleep, or just not waking up feeling well-rested, you've come to the right place. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia, or CBTI, is the gold standard intervention in the management of insomnia. Rest Assured is a digital course that walks you through CBTI, step-by-step, with everything you need to succeed. Each of the six weekly modules guides you through some important background information for the different techniques, explores the evidence-based techniques in detail, provides multiple examples of exercises so you can find the one that works for you, and reviews the work you've completed since the last module. And rest assured, it's just not another DIY left to your own devices, but rather, you get direct access to me, a board-certified sleep physician in twice-monthly office hours, where you can ask me face-to-face any questions you may have about the course material. So check out www.wellrestedmd.com slash RA to learn more. That's wellrestedmd.com slash RA. Or just head to the homepage and click on courses to learn more. Enjoy the episode. Hey, friends and neighbors. You're listening to the Well Rested Podcast, episode number eight, The Wellness Recipe, Sleep, Eat, Play. I'm your host, Dr. Joshua Lennon. What is the secret to living the good life? What's no secret at all, as I'll discuss on today's episode. In this episode, I'll give you the simple recipe for living your best life. But simple is not always easy. The main ingredients for this dish? Sleep, eat, and play. Then bake in the oven at wisdom degrees for 24-7 and enjoy. The main ingredients for your best life recipe are rather simple. Sleep well, eat well, and play well. In other words, Get an adequate amount of good quality sleep, consume a nutritious diet of sufficient calories, and burn those calories with activity, especially physical activity, but social, emotional, and cognitive activity too. And how all these ingredients are processed matters a great deal. Cooking them in a vacuum will only do you so much good, but adding them together with an unhealthy mindset can leave you bitter, disappointed, and feeling burnt out. The context of these life activities, these key ingredients, is just as important, which we'll be expanding on in the next couple episodes as well. Ingredient number one, sleep. You've heard me discuss extensively already about the value of good sleep and the mishaps caused by poor sleep. Bad sleep, poor quality or insufficient quantity, reduces your lifespan. It increases the risk of death. And death is just not compatible with living the good life. Poor sleep ruins your metabolism. Regulation of key metabolic processes depends on sleep. This includes your thyroid, your sugar and insulin regulation, your appetite, your satisfaction after eating, and your digestion. Poor sleep ruins your mood. It more than doubles your risk of depression. It more than triples your risk of anxiety. And without the filter of high-quality sleep, especially normal, uninterrupted, rapid eye movement sleep and dreaming, to make sense of our newly acquired memories, poor sleep increases the risk of post-traumatic stress disorder. Poor sleep ruins your thinking. Insufficient or poor quality sleep interferes with memory formation, memory consolidation, and memory recall. It interferes with learning procedures and physical maneuvers. Poor sleep takes away your ability to focus, to concentrate, to pay attention. Poor sleep, and particularly the loss of that high-quality slow-wave sleep, is the mechanism behind the development of Alzheimer's dementia. Good sleep eliminates these problems. Having a habit of good sleep at night reduces your risk of death. It regulates appropriate metabolism. 
It helps to improve your mood, reduce your anxiety and depression, and lessen the sting of acute traumatic stress to lower its evolution to PTSD. Good sleep augments your thinking. It improves memory acquisition and retrieval. It improves learning, improves focus and attention. And that high-quality slow-wave sleep or deep sleep literally cleans the brain nightly, washing away proteins and metabolic waste that have accumulated across wakefulness that when left unchecked will clump together to form the building blocks of degenerative brain disease like Alzheimer's. Good sleep is a key ingredient to living your best life. Ingredient number two, eat. You don't need to be a nutritionist to grasp some fundamentals of good diet. Calories matter. If you consume more than you burn, you will gain weight. Macronutrients matter. Too many carbohydrates at the expense of healthy fats and proteins increases metabolic disease, especially diabetes. Micronutrients matter. The more processed your diet is, the less likely you are to receive appropriate amounts of key vitamins and minerals. Now, one of the major drawbacks of research on diets and nutrition is that they overwhelmingly rely on self-report rather than reflect the impact on what, when, and how much people actually consume. For instance, self-reported consumption of more socially acceptable things is often dramatically higher than the actual sales of these same substances. And vice versa for less socially acceptable items. People report consuming dramatically less junk food, for instance, than sales actually reflect. But that being said, there are some interesting data to support the links not just between diet and physical health, but diet and overall well-being. For instance, a 2019 systematic review of 10 studies involving over 33,000 people found that while there are some inconsistent results, that fruit and vegetable consumption at or above the minimal daily value recommended was associated with improved measures of psychological well-being. And this effect was primarily driven by increased vegetable consumption, and only minimally so by fruit. Studies looking at diets high in fruits and vegetables, including processed fruits and vegetables in the form of juices, as well as some subgroups like just berries or just citrus or just green leafy vegetables, when these are consumed in at least five servings a day combined, these diets are associated with higher levels of optimism, higher levels of self-efficacy, reduced psychological distress, and fatalism as well. Systematic reviews have demonstrated similar effects in children. Though the overall diets vary somewhat, and several of the studies also incorporated other healthy lifestyle interventions, when preschool and school-aged children consume diets higher in fruits and vegetables, they are more likely to report improved general well-being, improved stress, fewer behavioral difficulties, fewer depressive symptoms, and lower levels of anxiety. Now, the Mediterranean diet is one of the most widely studied of, of all the diets. And this uh, involves lots of fruits and vegetables, as well as fish and nuts. A long-term study of over 2,300 adults between the ages of 21 and 101 showed that the better that they stuck to the diet, meaning that the, the fewer lapses from the strict Mediterranean diet that they had, the more that they adhered to this diet, the lower their negative moods, the less depressed they felt, and the better their well-being overall. As an intervention, diet can be helpful. In a review of over 45,000 participants, very few of whom actually had clinical mental health disorders, 
that dietary interventions did demonstrate benefits in reducing depressive symptoms. For at-risk populations, such as those with type 2 diabetes, dietary interventions can provide immense value. A review of 11 studies demonstrated that instituting a plant-based diet for type 2 diabetics not only improved their blood sugar and their cholesterol and their weight, but these individuals also experienced improvements in emotional well-being, depression, as well as quality of life. Studies show that fish consumption, and this is primarily driven by the omega-3 fatty acids, fish consumption is associated with a lower risk for all-cause dementia. It is certainly challenging to live your best life when you are literally losing your mind. Meta-analysis of over 40,000 individuals demonstrated that any consumption of fish in the prior two years was associated with a 20% reduction in the risk of developing dementia. And those with high fish consumption, which was about seven servings of fish per week, they had a 33% reduced risk for Alzheimer's disease. Or diets may not just cause you to miss out on some of these benefits of well-being, but can really be quite costly as well. Now, ignoring all the overwhelming evidence supporting the link between diet and diseases of modernity, like heart disease, cancer, or diabetes, we know that poor dietary choices significantly affect our mental health as well. One 2019 study followed over 26,000 individuals for about five and a half years, and periodically, they would look at every bit of food consumed over a 24-hour period. What they found is that after controlling for issues like socioeconomic status, weight and body mass index, lifestyle factors like alcohol consumption and exercise, they found that for every 10% increase in consumption of ultra-processed foods, which are basically those that are made from mostly fats with added sugars and artificial colors and artificial flavors and stabilizers to improve their shelf life, that every 10% in the increase in consumption of ultra-processed foods, there was a 21% increase in depression. It's dramatic to see that unfold over time. That the more that these individuals consume ultra-processed foods, the more they saw an increase in depression. And the fewer ultra-processed foods consumed, the lower the levels of depression. And they saw this effect, that this increase in depression was driven primarily by processed drinks, mainly soda, energy drinks, and sugary drinks in general, as well as some sauces, especially salad dressings, interestingly. Another study of over 14,000 adults showed that any consumption of both fast food and sugar-sweetened beverages together was associated with a 90% increased odds of experiencing psychological symptoms like depression or anxiety. So what you eat definitely affects your wellness, not just your physical health, but your psychological well-being. To live your best life, you've got to be consuming a good diet. Ingredient number three, play. In case you missed it, I provided an overview of activity in episode number seven. First off, lack of activity kills. The more sedentary you are, the more likely you will die prematurely, especially from cancer and from cardiovascular disease. The average U.S. adult spends nearly eight hours sitting every single day. Simply exchanging 30 minutes of that sitting time each day for standing or light activity will dramatically, dramatically lower your risk of death. And being dead, again, is not compatible with living your best life. Exercise improves mood. It lowers stress. Exercise even lowers pain levels. Exercise reinforces good sleep. And poor sleep lowers exercise tolerance and capacity. 
Exercise also depends on good eating. All these pillars, all these ingredients rely on each other. And beyond exercise, other activity also falls under play here. Social activity is very important. It's very difficult to live your best life as a hermit, cut off from society. Social interaction and a network of close friends is key to well-being. And having thousands of Facebook friends doesn't count. Just try the couch experiment. If you told somebody you were moving and needed help moving a couch from your old place to your new one, would that person be willing to help you? Could you rely on him or her? Our cognitive activity matters too. We all have values, a set of morals, or system of behavior that we think is important for ourselves and others, our core beliefs. And if our behavior or thinking is out of alignment, we experience a cognitive dissonance. It's important that what we think and what we do fully align with our core values, whether they come from culture, family, society, or are fully inborn. It's important that you think about what you think is important. For example, if you love figure skating, but never give yourself the chance to plan for, watch, participate in, or even just think about your favorite interest of figure skating, do you think you're living your best life? Do you think ignoring or not leaving the mental space for the things that you value, whether hobbies or moral ideals, do you think that serves you well? We need cognitive activity that reflects our values, reflects our interests, reflects our hobbies. We need to pay attention to things that really matter to us in order to thrive. And that brings me to where we mix all these ingredients together to cook. Bake in wisdom. A simple yet powerful way to think about wisdom or a wise mindset is what's commonly known as the serenity prayer. It's attributed to Reinhold Niebuhr from a sermon he gave in 1943, but it's been articulated in various forms over the last couple thousand years in both Greco-Roman and Buddhist traditions. The serenity prayer goes something like this. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Wisdom here is the appreciation, the full understanding that what you control includes your thoughts and actions. You only have control over your judgments and behaviors. Everything else is outside of your control, including literally your body and your physical health, your reputation, your possessions, the weather, pandemics, the economy, what anyone else says, thinks, or does, everything outside your thoughts and actions is not in your control. That's not to say you can't influence them, but ultimately, it's not really up to you. And accepting this fact, this fundamental rule of the universe, that you don't get to decide what's fair, what other people do, no matter how much you yell and scream and pull and prod, no matter how much you don't like a pandemic or the economic collapse, accepting all of the glory and all of the mess of the reality of existence outside your thoughts and actions requires a great deal of serenity. Dare I say, a biblical amount. And even taking control of your sphere of influence, how you think and how you act, that requires a great deal of courage. Because everything outside that you don't control is trying to control you. And you'll often find yourself swimming upstream, against the tide. Your compass of what's right due north and what's wrong due south will often clash with what the universe around you is conspiring. And that takes courage to resist. And being able to distinguish them from what's up to you, from what's not, that's the wisdom. 
Undertaking efforts for good sleep, for eating right, for staying active, if done with ignorance or folly, will not lead to your best life. You can intend to get a good night's sleep, but your neighbor's loud party, your spouse's snoring, or even your own snoring, these are not up to you. You can intend to prepare a mushroom lentil loaf for dinner, but whether the farmer's market runs out of cauliflower before you arrive, that's not up to you. You can intend to run a marathon or just go out for a jog, but whether your shoelace breaks or your leg breaks, that's not up to you. Those are not under your control. You will face obstacles in your life, inevitably and repeatedly. And obstacles to accessing these key ingredients of the good life, the primary substance of well-being, sleep, eat, play, you will face obstacles to these as well. But when approached with serenity, with courage, with the wisdom of knowing what you should be upset about or ecstatic about because they are up to you, when you are intending to bake your sleep, diet, and activity together in the cauldron of wisdom, that is when you'll be living your best life. That is how the wellness recipe comes together. So to summarize, to live well, you must sleep well. You must eat well. And you must play well. And you must do all of these with wisdom. You've heard about some of the best practices for sleep on prior episodes and will continue to hear it throughout this podcast. Aim for an appropriate quantity and quality of sleep. And try to avoid things that could negatively impact your sleep. Eating well is easier now in the 21st century than ever before in the history of the world, with more and more options becoming easier to find. The more plant-based, the better. And if meat is going to be part of your diet, choose omega-3 heavy fish. Avoid overly processed foods like fast food and sugary drinks like sodas. And be active, socially, creatively, cognitively, and absolutely physically active. And approaching all of this with the wisdom of knowing what you can and cannot control is the key to the good life. That is the wellness recipe. But be sure to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player to get all the latest episodes. Leave us a review, comment, question, ideas for other episodes, and head on over to wellrestedmd.com for more information. Thanks for listening.